I am sitting in the warmth of the van, having pulled up to another coastal town, and once again I find myself on the headlands looking across a beautiful ocean view. No, I use that word too much. Uh, a stunning ocean view. You know what? I heard someone say this the other day. This view is grouse. Hey there. This is not just a pretty van. It's actually a practical and fun adventure podcast for solo travellers, doing it in a van or something else and pursuing a passion. I'm Ange. I'm a solo traveller. I've been doing it for years. In fact, I'm almost down to two suitcases. And now with my new van, the California Beach, which I'm loving, I'm pursuing my passion, which is ultra trail running. And that puts me on the best trails in the most beautiful places. And I get to meet some amazing people along the way. I'll share some tips and tricks and I'll share the lessons learned. I'll certainly share the conversations I have. Some of them are a little crazy. And I'll share the adventures as I go along. So sit down, grab a cuppa, grab a scotch, whatever floats your boat. And I hope listening to this inspires you to get out and do your own solo traveling. This episode we speak with a very experienced traveller. She started her travelling career sitting in the back bench seat of the family car with a caravan in tow going across Australia. She's also travelled overseas and seen some amazing places and more recently she's bought her own van and is really going solo. But before we meet Sel, We've put together a few little moments from my recent trip going from Queensland to Victoria, travelling along the East Coast and stumbling into some places I've never been to before that have a lot of hidden treasures and are well worth a visit. It's really hard to choose a favourite place in the world or in Australia when there are so many stunning places to visit. But there are places, I think, that really touch your soul or get in under your skin or just resonate and you keep coming back and Lennox Head in New South Wales is one of them. So I'm not sure whether you can hear, but I'm right near the surf and I'm watching two surfers bobbing out just beyond the wave line. I think they're having a good old chat. There's been some pretty good wave sets, but they aren't taking them. So it's a Saturday morning and I guess they're just chilling. And then you've got young kids with their parents fishing on one side and dogs running around chasing balls on the other. And I'm right near the surf club, so there are people having coffee with dogs. It's the whole shebang. I've just been eating my breakfast whilst I'm watching all of this and it's re-energising. So Lennox Head is just down from Byron. It's one of those places that still has a little bit of a groovy feel to it. Um, It can't be built out too much just because it's got the headlands and the hills behind it. So it's kept its small boutique feel even though there's been a lot of good development and and a lot of new cafes and other eateries popping up. I come to the caravan park pretty regularly because it's just down the highway from Brisbane 
And as I said, it, it's something that something that's drawing me here continuously. It's a great place to run. I've often run between uh, Lennox Head and Ballina and back again. Good set. And you get to see all the coastline along the way. Just turning my head to see if those surfers have grabbed any of those waves. It's a little bit of an offshore breeze. Not enough to make the waves stand up too much. Oh, he's just, just had an attempt. A bit too stressful for a Saturday morning. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll crack on and capture a couple of them. I'm not a surfer. I would love to surf. I think I've said that before. And it is something on my bucket list to learn. Uh, the one thing that uh, kind of holds me back a little bit is the big fish, uh, starting with S, who shall remain nameless. So I'll have to get my head around that. But I guess there's a risk in everything you do. And if I get in with a group, then it will be a one-to-many scenario. Uh, I was speaking to someone the other day about the ocean swimming and they were taking the same philosophy. If they get in with a group, then, you know, your number's up if your number's up. Interesting way to look at life, and I'm probably in that same line of thinking. So I turn again. There is a wave that just looks absolutely perfect. He's turning the board. He's had a look back. No, no, too much energy. He's not chasing that one. So I'm going to leave it here, but... It is a beautiful place to come through or to stay in, and especially when it's not uh, too hectic, you, you can really get that wind-down feeling. I'm sitting at the other end of Lennox Head, uh, on the headlands, looking down into the bay, watching another set of surfers. The waves seem to be a little bit better coming across onto the rocks and there's quite a few surfers out there just bobbing still. I think there might be a, a bit of a gathering because there's a few marquees, lots of dogs and lots of partners sitting in the grass uh, just close to the shoreline and looking across the bay it is just gorgeous. The weather isn't sunny, it's actually quite grey but it's different types of grey, it's a little bit like a watercolour painting and I can look over to my left and see the hills that snuggle up against Lennox Head and you've got the, the shopping precinct just along the shoreline. So again, it's a really pretty place. It's one that I would urge anyone to come to. There is beautiful Lake Ainsworth, which is tea-coloured lake. Apparently the water is quite therapeutic and it's a lovely place to swim. Leaving Lennox Head, I am heading down south. I've got about a five-hour drive, and I think I'm going to hit Forster. So it's uh, F-O-R-S-T-E-R, it's on the New South Wales coast. But it is another coastal town, which I hear is very, very beautiful. So we'll find out more tomorrow. Today I find myself in Foster in New South Wales. In fact, I came into Foster last night and stayed in the caravan park on the river. Didn't get a chance to have a look around last night, but got up this morning and went for a run. Always a great way to orientate oneself. 
And as I was leaving to head down south, I'm heading towards Wollongong, I turned around the corner and discovered the surf beach. It's a crescent bay and the surf, there's a surf pool as well. So what that is, is it's a swimming pool that blends in with the coastline. We have a lot of them around the Australian coast. And so the surf literally laps over the edge of the pool and I can see people swimming and absolutely enjoying that. That water is crystal clear. You can see the bottom, which is fantastic. And if I had have known, I probably would have popped on my bathers and jumped into the water. So Foster, wow, it's a gift that keeps giving. When I come back up from Victoria to Queensland, I will drop another night in here and see if I can take some more time. There are lots and lots of oyster farms in the river or in the estuary. Again, I'll have to find out the name. And there's also lots of pelicans, so it's pelican heaven. That really has lifted my spirits as I'm jumping in the van and doing a five-hour trip. What a beautiful place. The water is green and blue. The sun is out today, so it's not like yesterday where there was a grey sky. This is a beautiful light blue sky and it is very, very pretty. Having made my way further down the coastline, I have arrived at Wollongong, which is a fantastic place. There's some stunning scenery. I'm standing on the beach at the moment. There's only a couple of surfers out. The waves in front of me are a little bit trashy, but as I look down to my right, I can see that some of those sets are a lot, a lot better. In fact, wow, that's a magnificent scenery there because there's a rock pool to my right and the waves are crashing and the spray is going up very, very high. So. And if I look to my left, there's another rock pool. So this is really what uh, Australian coastlines are all about, as I mentioned yesterday, and some of them are more famous than others. I, it's been a long time since I've actually swum in one myself. Speaking of swimming, there is a lone swimmer. I think it's a boogie boarder doing their thing. It's actually gotten colder as I've gone down, so I, I'm gotten a bit soft. <laughs> I said that in one of my previous um, episodes. Uh, having lived in Queensland, uh, yes, so I'm rugged up. I've got about four layers on. It's, the, it's drizzling, that's the description, and it, as I turn around, there are these beautiful mountains. Now, I don't know much about the Wollongong coastline or the, the, the hills behind them, and I, certainly coming down on that descent last night, it's a pretty steep descent and I'd like to understand a little bit more about it. I might have to find a trail run that I can sink my teeth into, but magnificent. You've got hills on one side, coastline, surf beach on the other, and uh, there's a cafe right behind me as well. So, gee, what a life of bliss we live in Australia. I'm, I'm moving further down. I'm actually going inland a little bit to Wodonga. It's totally different. It is cold. It's going to get colder as I move further down south, but another five-hour drive today. The driving's very easy in the van, and it doesn't take a lot to fuel as well. I think I only stopped once. That was more just for a toilet stop rather than a fueling stop. So I've pretty much run on one tank of petrol uh, since two days ago, and that's not bad for the distances that I'm travelling. haven't gone out for a run this morning. Uh, see if I can get a run in tonight just to keep the legs spinning. I have a marathon at the end of this month. Road running is not my thing because it means you have to go a little faster. 
but it's nice to mix it up from the trail running now and then and uh, so I'm spending some time focusing on getting a little bit of speed. I think I've got to get the marathon in at four and a half hours because I'm using it as a qualifier for a larger race. So anyway, I'm going to keep moving. I'll grab a coffee from the cafe and jump in the van to head further down south. Road running may not be my thing, but travelling in that van certainly is. And that was such a wonderful trip, travelling all the way from Brisbane down to Victoria, visiting some very, very beautiful places as you can hear along the way. So next up, we're going to hear about rich, rewarding and spontaneous solo adventures with Sal and her van. Hi Sal, how are you? Thanks for coming on this chat. Out for a little adventure? Why not tell us about your van, your e-bike and some of your travel experiences? So I'm uh, 60 years of age. I'm single. I have a beautiful 20-year-old daughter and I live in southeast Queensland. Grew up in North Queensland. And you've done quite a lot of travel uh, over time. So can you tell me a little bit about your travelling experience? Yeah, so I guess van travelling is kind of in my blood. I grew up having holidays in a van with my parents and um, three siblings, which, by the way, I'm in awe of now that I've done a little bit of uh, travelling on my own, that my parents could be bothered dragging four kids around the countryside. Um, but, yeah, definitely definitely in my blood. Um, some of the happiest childhood memories, I guess, we went over the various holidays. We went sort of from Cairns all the way down to Tasmania. I just have memories of anticipation the night before or the, the day before we were leaving and we would get to pack up our little drawers and put our bits and pieces in the in the little tiny drawers in the caravan which was really fun and then the next morning when we were leaving dad always got up about three o'clock in the morning he would bundle us all in the back of the station wagon the days before uh, seatbelts of course um, with dunas and pillows and he'd get a good four hours driving in before we all woke up and, and started annoying him <laughs> and just things like you know big activity books with the join the dots and the coloring ins and just the all the fun that goes with the with the road trip and all the bickering and the fighting of course in the back <laughs> as well <laughs> being four kids there was uh, we had the bench seat at the back um, and a bench seat at the front in those days, that was in the 60s and 70s. And there was always one child that had to be between mum and dad. And that was usually either the child that was vomiting or the child that was uh, misbehaving. So it was always a bit of a, a guess to see who was going to be there for the day. But yeah, I really grew up. Some of my happiest, happiest memories. So I guess it's just wanting to kind of recreate that spontaneity and that kind of adventure feel that you get when you do that. So I've done a little bit of overseas travelling as well, uh, travel with work, and I'm just, I guess I see myself as a curious person and I just love to have new experiences and, and see new things. Tell us a little bit about the solo travelling because this has become more of a recent thing. Yeah, so I guess the solo travelling is really... Um, out of necessity because I don't have a partner um, and I don't want to miss out so I've always been someone who's just done what I want to do and it's you know I want to do it and I'm not going to let the fact that I'm doing it on my own stop me 
And there's also something really engaging about travelling on your own. I did it overseas as well, is that it really pushes you out to be with other people and to do other things rather than just sitting in your van with your significant other and kind of, you know, spending all your time together. So, yeah, so I really just wanted to do it. So I didn't want anything to hold me back. Yes, and your travelling solo over New Year's was a bit of an exciting adventure. Do you want to talk a little more about that? It was, it was. So um, I had gone down to Canberra for Christmas to visit my um, daughter, so she was 22 at the time. And as young adults do, they wanted to have a, a big New Year's Eve party and I couldn't think of anything worse. I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen a New Year in for about three decades. It's just not something that I'd done, I had done even when I was younger. So I decided I'd take off for a couple of days and, and give the free camping a go because the van I've got is self-contained. I've got the solar and the, the water and the grey water, etc. So I ended up at a little place called Numerella in rural New South Wales, which was a free camp. I rocked up and there was probably only, I don't know, about half a dozen campsites, I suppose. It's a relatively small place, you know, no showers or anything like that. And as I, you know, pulled the van up, everybody sort of came and told me how to park and all that sort of stuff, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and then they, well, they, they well, there were about half a dozen campsites and it turned out that they all knew each other. And they'd known each other and been coming there for New Year's Eve for like the last 20 years. And how they all knew each other was that they had travelled to the folk music festivals throughout Australia. So they were all a little bit older than me. They were retired professionals and they were all musicians. And so here we were out in the middle of um, Numerella, beside a creek, a babbling creek, you know, a, a sprinkle of stars across the sky. It's pitch black because there's nothing there. And these amazing people with, you know, mandolin and guitars and an Irish whistle. And we just, they just sang and they invited me in and they fed me. It was amazing. And then New Year's Eve came and went. And then I thought, well, I might go to bed. And I looked at my watch and it was 2.30 in the morning. So it was really, it was really special. And it was just, it was so unexpected. And I thought... This is what I have my van for. This is what I want to do. I want to have these really rich, rewarding, spontaneous things that happen to me rather than, you know, trudging along at work and the day-to-day. So it was really special. And, yeah, just a bunch of old hippie professionals, retired professionals. It was was amazing. Um, But, yeah, a very, very special time. And tell me about this van. Yeah, so I haven't actually had it that long. Um, about October last year, I saw October 21. And it had always been on my radar that I would, when I semi-retired, I would get a van and I would sort of travel around Australia. I have a nursing background. I don't work as a nurse at the moment, but I have a nursing background. And my, my goal was to do sort of short-term contracts around the country. And then COVID came and the job that I had changed quite dramatically. I'd been travelling into the Asia-Pacific with my previous role and that was a big restructure with COVID and I ended up having a desk job. And so I had a visit from my brother from Western Australia and he, like me, was a very keen caravanner because, again, of our our history and our our, um, growing up together with mum and dad travelling around. And he just said to me, well, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? And I went... Well, I'm waiting because that's the plan. The plan is when I semi-retire. Anyway, after he'd gone, I actually thought about it. I thought, well, why am I waiting? Why don't I just do it now? I've got the sort of job that I can work anywhere. 
have internet can work anywhere and so yes yeah, so I just started looking and just came across a second-hand one that only had two and a half thousand clicks on it um, a local person and it's a it's a um, Fiat Ducato it's um, got everything it's got the solar as I said it's got air conditioning it's got two single beds I wanted to have the single beds because I wanted my daughter to be able to come with me and I also wanted my 92 year old dad to be able to come as well because you know he started this sense of adventure in me with the vanning so yes I managed to uh, to get it and have it and it's sitting in my driveway calling me every day I hear it <laughs> calling me um, all packed up ready to go all I have to do is throw my toothbrush in and some clothes and I'm off what are some tips and tricks that you've learned over time solo traveling I guess the main thing is just do it like just do it don't wait for anybody else don't wait for this or wait for that or when the time is right just do it just take that first step whatever that is for you whether it's you know looking at vans to decide what you want to get or just getting in your van and going and have it ready have it always ready so all you have to do as I said before is like pack your clothes and grab your toothbrush and off you go because the easier you make it the more likely you are just to think one day, you know, one Saturday, you know what, I'm just going to go off in my van for a couple of days and go. So just have it ready so that when the urge takes you, you can just jump in it and go. Um, I always have mine full of petrol or diesel. Um, when I finish a trip, I always fill it up so that I don't even have to think about getting petrol. I just jump in and go. How do you prepare for a trip? What are some things you think of before you're going? I guess not much to do with the van, as I've said, it's generally um, pretty ready to go. So I'll generally have a bit of an idea of where I want to go. That example on New Year's Eve was that I had not had that numerella in my plan. I had planned to go further south, but I just happened to end up there because I was tired of driving. So yeah, it's really just having a bit of a direction, I guess, in mind. Um, and then just take it slow and be open, you know, take that left-hand turn or wonder what's down there, just take that take that road and, and explore. And that's the beauty of the motorhome is that, you know, I can pull up wherever I like and have a nap um, or make a cup of tea. So yeah, just get out there and do it. So one of the things that I really wanted to do when I did my trips was for my dad to be able to share those trips with me and so what I did was I downloaded uh, an app uh, which allows you to take photos and track your trips and at the end of the trip you can get a photo book made if you wanted to but I really wanted him to have a way that he could he could travel with me he's not able to obviously being 92 but just a way that he can enjoy the photos and and already there's been you know suggestions he'll make a comment say oh did you see this when you went there so you know he and mum continue to travel uh, when they retired all over Australia and so I'm looking forward to him providing many hints on, on things that he remembers that, that were really good and so that's a really special thing to be able to share that with him and of course also to share with friends and family as well you know I didn't really want to put anything up on Facebook so this app is a, it's a private app and you just invite people to, to follow 
you along and they're able to, to make comments, etc. So that was a really, um, I found that's, that's really valuable and, and Dad loves it. And I also have a tracking app as well on my phone so he's able to see where, where I am at any any particular time and he really enjoys that. And I said, oh, I saw you at Lennox Head or, you know, I saw you at such and such. So he gets a lot of, a lot of pleasure out of that. And as a parent myself, I can see how that would be so enjoyable to see your child, you know, continuing on doing the adventures that you did with them as kids and, and to have that desire to do that. So that's a really special thing. That's a great tip, Sally. That's a really, really handy tip for people that want to connect with people even though they're not around. And what about, <laughs> and what about um, your secret weapon? Oh, so the e-bike, this is a fairly new acquisition, actually. I'm not a huge exerciser. One of the big things that people's caravan people say about motorhomes is that, oh, you know, you have to pack everything up when you've got to go down to get a, you know, a carton of milk or something. And while that is true, I'm a very organised person, so that actually hasn't really happened to me. But it is really good to have the e-bike because they are so easy to ride and so fantastic. Like, I just love it. For someone who doesn't like to exercise, it's, it's just fantastic. So, yeah, so that was a great acquisition. And it just means that, you know, I can just go that little bit further and I don't have to necessarily take the van. Uh, and, yeah, nice and easy and just, just comfortable and, and pleasurable. Like, it's, it's really fun to ride. What, what colour is itself? It's black. Oh, racing black. And does that go in your van? The initial trip I did with the bike, I actually did put it in the in the van in the back. But I've now got a um, a bike mount um, on the back of the van, so it just goes there with a cover over it, and it just uh, follows along behind me on the bike rack. So I'm still learning and exploring. I guess you know one thing I would suggest if you get a new van is just you know, to go close by for a few weekends because it does take you a little bit of time to get to know each other and how things work and, and to feel comfortable. So, you know, it is good to just do some short trips just to, to get the hang of it. So that was Sel getting to know her new van and having lots of adventures doing so. And speaking of adventures, I cannot wait to share the next episode. We talk to someone who has always wanted their very own gypsy caravan and they've bought one, but not in the way that you and I would think. You'll have to strap yourself in and we're going to take you on a journey. So in the meantime, travel well and I'll see you on the other side.